calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello. Hello and welcome to IGN Podcast. Number Kevin, you didn't say anything. because I was yawning. I yawned at the precise second everyone said hello and I would have been... Hey. Well, people notice that she's not said it though. It's oh, only wow. that you've brought it up now, Stu. Yeah. Should you try again? I'm going to keep going. <laughs> no, I think, I think this, is, this is the best way to start a podcast, isn't it? Definitely. With everyone a bit unsure of themselves. Um, hello, I'm Chris Tilley. I'm hosting the podcast this week in place of Alex Simmons. Uh, where's Alex? Anyone know? Sat in the office. He just can't be asked. Can't can he? be bothered. I think he's playing Terrible. Batman. Um, I'm joined as ever by Stuart. Hello there. Uh, Daniel. Hello. Keza. Hi. And we have a very special guest this week. We have Ooh. Mr. Ollie Moss. Hello. Hello, Ollie. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, very well, thanks. Um, Ollie is a poster designer, artist extraordinaire. Um, would you like to tell people maybe a little bit about what you do? Um, yeah, I sit around in my pants drawing Star Wars characters all day, <laughs> usually. Uh, sounds even better than our jobs. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I'm sure, I'm sure people can empathise with that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, our listeners. No, uh, um, I'm glad you've introduced him because I think listeners might think it's Hugh Grant, actually, because he's got a very similar sounding voice. Posh. Yeah. Oh, no. Are you adorably befuddled? <laughs> Sorry? Are you charmingly befuddled? Uh, yeah, yeah. I am right now, yes. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> Do you like prostitutes? It's <laughs> <laughs> funny, you say, I love prostitutes. He's got a reverie. We've made our red in the first I didn't think that was going to be our first question. On a reverie. Yeah, so I, I guess uh, I'm a graphic designer. I do graphic design. Um, people call me up and ask me to solve their design problems. You did the Resistance yeah. 3 box. I did do the Resistance 3 box, which uh, I think some people liked and uh, at least one person venomously disliked, yes. according to my, my email. Yeah, you got an email, didn't you? I did you? get a nasty email about it. <laughs> what, did it what did the person it say? It said, I ruined Resistance. How? Wow, I ruined, that's I ruined it. <laughs> I ruined it. By introducing no, some courses. Because, because, because he didn't want it in his house. Well, he's an idiot. He didn't like it. So, and he said, I hope I, uh, I don't ruin anything else with my art. He said, oh. art. I hope I'm sort of getting that across, but he said that with the, the double quotation. Oh, uh, yeah. Cruel. Because, oh, no. I mean, you do have a, a unique style, Ollie, don't you, really? Uh, I wouldn't say unique. I think I just rip off lots of other people. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at, but I didn't yeah, want to say no. it. <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah, I think, I think in terms of video games, it's quite, it's, it's, it's a unique thing for, for video game people to try, uh, especially a big video game like Resistance 3, mm. which, is what they, which is what they wanted when they came to me. They just said, we want this to not look like anything else on the shelf. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
And originally it started out as just the UK special edition cover. Um, but I think uh, Insomniac liked it and they pushed it forward and it became like the, uh, the worldwide thing, which was a complete surprise to me. Because when I saw the version that they showed me and they said, okay, well, this is what you're up against. And I was like, fuck, there's no way. <laughs> no, no way the most stupid scribble will ever be that because it was like this really sort of gorgeously rendered. Uh, and actually like a cool idea as well. And I, I was like kind of a big fan of it. And I don't think that's ever been shown. But I mean, it was better than their other two covers. Uh, and probably better than mine as well. <laughs> I can't really remember. They're not but, memorable, are they? Resistance covers. Well, no, well, no, I think I the don't first one was them. with the skull. The skull, the skull yeah. with the uh, mm. the skull oh, yeah, the, with, that's the, right. with the World War II helmet. Which, okay, that which was, why I said, that was um, Which is why I said, you know, I, I remember that. I remember picking up a PS3 on launch day and picking up Resistance, and that cover being like much better than anything else on the shelf at the time. And I thought, you know, I want to bring use the skull, bring it back because they wanted something iconic. And the the main sort of iconic thing about that game is that I, I still remember that skull, mm. so I wanted to go back to that. You also did, which I'm sure some of us will know, the, the series of sh- silhouettes, pop culture silhouettes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah that first, was, was that your first show? Uh, that was my first show, yeah. Mm. And that's something I wanted to do uh, for a really long time. Um, and I started off just doing, I said, well, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff, but I'm also going to do like, you know, five or six of these silhouettes. And I just kept doing more. And I said, well, if I do Mario, I've got to do Link. And then if I do this guy, I've got to do this guy. And it just kind of snowballed <laughs> into this ridiculous. How uh, many were there in the end? Uh, 300 characters. 300 wow. characters. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, I keep thinking of more I want to do now, but I just I can't do. We'll have to link through to that on our Twitter. Yeah, we'll link through to it. Um, We're going to chat more with Ollie a bit later on, but you're going to stay for the whole podcast, aren't you? Oh, I'd love to. Wicked. So this week we will be talking about Vita. We're going to talk about Halo Connect. We've got some James Bond stuff. We've got the trailer of the week. But we're going to start off as ever by talking about what we've been up to. Uh, Keza, you've got worms. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, I do have worms. Is this correct? Yeah, I've got several varieties of worms. I've got the worms on the PlayStation and worms on the iPad. I've been playing Worms Crazy Golf all week. And? It's really good. It's really, really good. I don't even like worms, honestly. Yeah. I know that that's kind of a travesty for a British person to say, but I don't like worms very much. I've, I enjoy it, but I don't love it to pieces like other people do. Worms Crazy Golf, on the other hand, really, really good. What's what's setting it apart then? Obviously the crazy golf element, but how does it differ? It's like, um, it's, it's basically exactly what you would imagine worms cross with golf to be like. Like There's lots of exploding sheep and, you know, grannies with handbags that thwack the ball a bit further. And the, the idea is that... And, and, uh, you know, you've got things like anti-gravity and things that you can apply to the ball to make it kind of spin in stupid ways. And Basically, it's about getting holes in one rather than about just getting through the core. It's very good. It's very, very good. It's very addictive. And it's on iPad and PSN. I'm doing a review of it today. It's much more expensive on PSN. Yeah, it's like four times as expensive. It's like eight ninety nine on PSN and one ninety nine on the iPad, I think. How can they justify that? Sony, without going into too much detail. Okay. Sony uh, take an awful lot of money <laughs> from these things. They also, I think they have a minimum. For their um, for, oh, for, for the, PSN for offerings, PSN stuff, yeah. yeah, they That's... have a minimum price, but it's uh, basically you know there's no licensing or distribution costs involved in putting it on mm. the App Store. There's a lot of cost involved in putting it on PSN. But they're not very like transparent about what it costs to put stuff on the App Store, are they? Or Some are of they? the developers are, but they'll get yeah. in trouble. They'll get in trouble. It's if, weird. Um, if I remember it's found out. I got Scribblenauts this week mm-hmm. on the iPad, which cost like two ninety nine as opposed to the thirty five quid I paid for it on yeah. DS or whatever. It seems that. Yeah, so I mean, Apple takes I think thirty percent. Everyone knows that I take thirty percent. But apart from that, I think it's pretty much all your money, which is unheard of mm. in games. That's why everyone's moving towards towards iPad and iOS as a kind of mm. good way to release your games without having all your money taken away from you. It's the future. <laughs> yes, we'll be rich. But it, it is funny though. They just uh, they never seem to trumpet the releases on the on the App Store. You're like, oh, it's out. Yeah, they sneak out the back door, don't they? Yeah. Than... There's a huge crisis of promotion on the app. So someone somewhere will crack how to cover mobile games properly. Probably yeah. us, I think. Let's we'll probably so. crack it. Yeah, we're working on it. At the moment, it's just a sea of stuff. 
Stuart, hello. You've been at the iPhone launch, haven't you? Yeah. How did that go? It was all right. The funny thing is, I went to the iPhone launch the day after I bought my new phone, a Samsung Galaxy S2, which I thought was hilarious. Taking that, that, I just waved it down at the queue at all the people (laughs) waiting for an iPhone (laughs) for us. Go, look, I've got a better phone than you. Is it it working now? Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't it? Wasn't it ringing or something? And you couldn't get it to stop ringing. That was the first day I had it, though. I didn't have a clue how to do anything with it, but now I love it. Anyway, yeah. So I went down to Regent Street and uh, went down with Dan Kilby and uh, a magician fella called um, uh, Damien O'Brien. (laughs) <laughs> thanks, for, <laughs> there you go. Thanks, thanks for the help there uh, and we did some magic tricks with the with the crowd that were uh, that were down there waiting for the launch of the, of the 4S and it was pretty amazing and because um, we, th- we got down there and we thought geez there's only like eight people outside the store there's the guys that have been camping there all week which was absolutely phenomenal um, mental phenomenal yeah mental <laughs> and then we turned the corner and there's like a bit more of a queue around the side of, of the shop and then somebody said, oh, yeah, but you have to go into the park to see the rest of the queue. And we get into the park that's behind Regent Street. I can't remember the name of the park. But there was just like hundreds and hundreds yeah. and hundreds of people snaking in this massive queue waiting for an iPhone 4S. Why were they doing that? I don't know, because on the way back, once the store opened, the store opened at eight o'clock, we, we shot a little bit of film and uh, we started walking back to the office and Carphone Warehouse was open and O2 was open. I think Orange were open. All those shops on on, um, on Oxford Street were open. All of them had the 4S for sale and all of them were completely empty. Yeah, I got mine at lunchtime mm. and it took me 20 minutes. Yeah. So I yeah. didn't understand the, the several hours of queuing. I think it's the event, isn't it? It's the same, same reason you go yeah. to a midnight launch is for the event of yeah, the Yeah, but if you're, if you're person 412 item. in the queue for an iPhone 4S, do you mm. not think, actually, I'm not really witnessing this event, I'm just stuck at the back of a fucking long queue. You've got the camaraderie of being in the queue with everybody else. Screw mm. that. You've got back of the queue camaraderie. I just want to get my stuff and go. Yeah, I don't like yeah. people. Yeah. I've never been in one of those queues. Well, thankfully, oh. our, our people didn't mind queuing for, for the 100th podcast, otherwise we would have had no one and it would have looked really bad. Yeah, queuing outside of Anson. But they were, yeah. they, were, they were queuing for an event rather than a purchase, I think. They That's were queuing true, yeah. to be entertained. Like the trouble yeah, is, I, though, I've queued for gigs for yeah, eight hours for before. Yeah, but you go into the Apple store and it is a bit of a weird kind of thing. Yeah, weird I hate it. Oh. I, hate, I hate going in there and actually trying to buy something. It's, it's awful. like, it's it's like, part like of I, being part of a cult. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I went in and I tried to buy a new laptop the other day and I, I, I went in and I got so angry I, I left <laughs> because nobody would take my money. Yeah, and, they have not and then, and then I, But then a classic Apple fanboy complained. I walked away, and I came back ten minutes later and <laughs> bought it I, again. Yeah. Th- Ollie, can we can we see your angry face? You go into an Apple store. It's not. It's not like a shop. It's just. Like, it's like the early learning center. It's just it is. Adults it's playing with toys. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine and people checking their email. Yeah. 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 A friend of mine was at a loose end in central London one day, and he just went into the Apple store put in a DVD he had a memory stick he had with him and watched two episodes of True Blood what <laughs> what because <laughs> he was a bit bored he, he had a time to kill before his train Cruel. that's wow. really weird yeah the only thing I would queue for is an Oli Moss poster I think that's oh you enormous brown nose he <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> called it I, que- I queued up for the, the American Werewolf one well I got given yeah. I queued up for Rick Baker to sign it <laughs> but then Ollie Moss wasn't there to sign it he was watching everyone. He's right there, you know. Did you bring your poster? <laughs> I've brought it. Yeah. You but actually you bring your poster. I've not realised. You haven't really looked bottom. at it yet, have you? I think that's the... Let's not talk, <laughs> let's not talk about that. You won't have to queue for any Ollie Moss stuff now because he's a personal friend of the show. He'll just give us free shit. It's great. Yeah. It's the way it works. Because yeah. Ollie knows the wonders of free shit. Sorry? <laughs> you love free shit. You should oh, um, yeah, spread love. around the shit. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> rake that to shit around. I, I also did something this week. I went and saw Tintin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And? Yeah, quite liked it. Okay. I wasn't Tom loved as, it, didn't he? Tom loved it. I, it's unfortunate me and Tom were going to have a bit of a debate about it this week, but he's not here. Mm. But um, I wasn't as enamoured of it as Tom or pretty much anyone else that reviewed it. I've seen, I've seen some bad reviews now. Have you? Yeah, I saw a bad one in The Guardian. Uh, two stars, I think. Okay. Wow. Which was, they said it was just like glassy-eyed, like puppets. Still, which is, it's still a problem for me. Yeah. It's still a problem for me, and I couldn't understand uh, why it needed to be that way. There's one scene that's a continuous take that maybe you can only do using using completely CG. But aside from that, I would have been I would have been more into it if it had been a live action film. Right. I think. What about yeah. like just a Pixar movie? I mean, surely yeah, well, they would have been able to tackle it really well. Well, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that's the thing. It's in this netherworld between animation and live action that I'm not really. It's not really. Um, it's appeal to me. Yeah, it's it's not one or the other. I'd rather it was more Pixar and it was yeah. full on animation. It mm. just it still looks a bit creepy and weird. Mm. Um, it's fun. A few, a few of the, the scenes seem to go on a bit too long and I felt like there were two or three too many action sequences where they just got repetitive and I kind of lost interest. And the best one is about two thirds of the way through. So they kind of shoot their load early and then it's a bit of an anticlimax after that. Right. Oh. But that said, it's good. It's good. But I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it's going to fare in cinemas, really. I think it'll be a reasonable hit here, but in America where there's real no knowledge of the character, I think they're going to have problems. And once again, is it? Does it need to be in three D? Not really. Brilliant. Not really. Um, it's it's nicely done, but it's it didn't. I wouldn't have. It wouldn't have changed my review if it had if it had been two D. Mm, okay. What's your opinion on three D movies, Ollie? Um, as a I, visual artist, as a three, I don't know. I'm 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 not ready to write it off entirely, just because I feel like we're still waiting for somebody to come along and show us. I thought maybe Werner Herzog would do it with. Um, Cave of Golden Dreams. I yeah. didn't. I didn't even see it. Yeah. Uh, I find 3D glasses incredibly uncomfortable and annoying and irritating, and the movies look dim and flickery. Mm. But um, apart from that, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't you happy the, the studios get to charge you a bit more money for oh, your yeah, price permission? No, I, I don't know. I think. I think possibly someone will come along. I've got an open mind. I know people said that color was a like, piece of shit when that came in and. And sound as well, I and suppose. And sound, yeah, yeah, exactly. I still hate both I'm of them. Quite, quite <laughs> I've not been sound. to the cinema in about five months because every single time I want to go, I have to have the argument about whether we're seeing it in 3D or not. And you don't want really? to? Really? I hate seeing films in 3D. Oh, there's no yeah. argument at all. We just find it in 2D, and if it's in 3D, we just don't see it, usually. Just, instead but. of having the argument, I just don't go to the cinema. <laughs> Is this down. your man? Your, Kristen wants to get, see it in yeah, 3D? Yeah, he likes 3D. He bought a 3D television when they first came out for an extortionate amount of money, so he's kind of convinced himself that it's, uh, right. that he likes like 3D, 3D games, even though it's though. not very good. Hmm? I quite like 3D games, though. I some, thought Motorstorm was really good, but again, I just wanted to turn it off after half an hour. Yeah. yeah. Sick of it. Not the 3DS, I find that like, irritating. I love the 3DS. Oh, I, I, you don't have to use the glasses, then. I don't... I, it's not the glasses I mind so much. It's just the uh, the 3ds. It's like sometimes I want to lie back, or live, and it loses the three. It's too easy to lose. Yeah, the, it's true. You have to use the mo- like the gyroscope. Well, the th- the and thing you know, about lose the sweet spot. The yeah, thing about exactly. the 3d actually 3ds I like is you can just turn it off. And the thing is, I only want 3d about 10 mm. percent of the time anyway. So I like mm. the fact that I can yeah. have it on for 10 percent of the time and then off again whenever I want. I'm looking forward- like, if they had that on the on the on the button, the glasses that you do that in films mm. on when you want, off when you like. That would be nice. That's the way yeah. forward. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing Uncharted three in 3d though. See if that makes any difference. Batman to be fair. Batman looks incredible in 3D. Does it? it looks really, really good. Oh, but again, God. really nice for about 10 now. minutes, then you yeah. just want to play the game properly. Yeah. Uncharted 3, from what we've seen of it, is so amazing. It doesn't need 3D. It's, yeah. just, it's just incredible. It's ridiculous. And will it have the, uh, the kill zone problem where just the graphics get shit? It's like 3D, <laughs> but then they... <laughs> 
take like a massive well, diamond. Takes, they have to have basically twice the processing power in order yeah. to make it look as yeah. good in three D. Yeah. So I think maybe the next generation of consoles will be able to do things a bit oh, more. I can't, I can't believe we're having the three D conversation again. Well, we do this every week. <laughs> we do it every week. We get onto it. It's not our fault though. It's the bloody film studios and game studios. Yeah. So let's talk about the charts. The charts. Uh, the charts. charts. That was really week. atonal. Cruperino, do you want to kick off? Yeah, is that my new nickname? Cruperino. 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 Yeah. Um, I still Cal-Pol. prefer. I still prefer Cruperling. Cruperling. Mm. Yeah. Is that what the Americans call me? It is actually what the <laughs> Americans it? call you because I told them to call you that. Great. What? What's it? Why is that? <laughs> Cooperling is Bowser's but... kids. Okay. Um, I am Bowser's son. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't do great with my predictions last week. I said FIFA 12 at number one. I thought it'd hold out for another week. Forza at two and Rage at three. Forza went straight in at number one, which is quite impressive, I mm. think, for a racing game. And, very heavily. And very Xbox exclusive. Heavily. Mm. Um, FIFA 12 down to second place. And Just Dance 3. At three, you Ooh. should have thought Just Dance Three is the dark. Yeah, horse. it is a bit of a Just Dance Two was in the charts for something like forty titan. weeks, or something ridiculous mm. like that. It's a casual titan. Mm. It's like um, it's like Zumba Fitness. Um, <laughs> and then other other movers and shakers. New entry is Pro Evolution Soccer at number five. Wow, John Alomu Rugby. That's not, is it? No, no not oh. really. Um, John Alomu Rugby Challenge. Ooh. Hopefully, best in the rugby World Cup at ten. Um, How's Dark Souls doing? Dark Souls down to, down to seven. That's still, still pretty good. Still impressive. That's still pretty good, Dark Souls. Yeah. Still in top ten. Impressive. Um, F1 at nine. Um, let's have a look at other new entries. El Shaddai's gone down. That's not a new entry, but it's down to 39. At least it's Slipping still there. Slipping away. At least it's still there. It came out in September. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, and if you're interested, Spyro, straight in at number 16. It's just the uh, action figure. Inspired. Yeah, the Trojan. The game like, that technically costs yeah. like three hundred pounds. Basically, crack for kids. You have yeah, to buy yeah. all these action figures to use in the game. Jesus. Yeah, you get this little platform that plugs in via USB. You put the action figure on the platform, Wait, and instantly that character appears in the game. Uh, it's okay. made by Sony. Was it, was it Sony's publisher? Oh, wasn't it? No, it's Activision, isn't it? Oh no, sorry. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Activision. Activision. Yeah. It's not like them to monetize something. I know. It's not like Activision to fill up your living room full of plastic shirt. No. It's funny. Oh, weird. It, yeah. You know, it's a change of pace for them. They're trying something new. Um, so I actually threw out some of my Guitar Hero controllers finally. Did you? I've got a garage full of them. Yeah, I, I, felt, so I felt really bad about yeah. throwing them out, though. I, I've kept the two ones that I like, but a lot of the others just went. Too many accessories. I, 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 rarely, I play about twice a year now, which is really sad. I used to play it every day. Oh, I used to love playing stuff like that. Well, if you don't keep practicing, you'll lose it. If I had spent even a tenth of the amount of time that I spent playing Guitar Hero playing an actual guitar, I'd be playing Wembley by now. It's not fair. <laughs> really is Who's that fair. by? Uh, good one. Yeah. No, yes. no, that was pretty bad. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> right. Got um, <laughs> some movie charts. I don't really want to talk about them because I was embarrassingly bad. My predictions and Alex's were slightly better. Well, do you know what? Alex's tyranny over this podcast has come to an end, so we can just skip it. Good. Um, <laughs> but, so let's not talk about our predictions, but uh, Johnny English is still a number one. Oh, really? um, you, th- those things are just monsters here, though. They're so popular, the Rowan Atkinson films. Mm. Uh, Lion King uh, came in at number two, uh, sorry, stays at number two, and Three Musketeers came in at number three. Appropriately, some would say. <sighs> yes. Footloose, Footloose didn't do very well. I thought that would do better. And Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is doing really well still. So it's nice to see a proper film. You know, making some money. It's made made twelve and a half million so far. So wow, that's, 
That's pretty good. Wowzers. But we will uh, come back to the charts later in the podcast. Mm. Uh, but for now, let's talk news. News. News, news, uh, news. Vita pricing, Daniel. V- yeah, um, Sony have now announced the PlayStation Vita price and a release date for the UK. Um, it's going to be released on February 22nd, 2012. And the two models are going to be priced at $229.99 for just Wi-Fi. And if you want the 3G model as well, that'll set you back $279.99. It's pretty much the same price as we all kind of guessed back in August. Yeah. How much is it? How many dollars? It was $250, right? Yeah, roughly. Something like that? I don't remember. I remember. I don't think well, in that dollars. That doesn't go with the exchange rate. Yeah, that's, it does But the exchange rate that you, you, you've grown to know and love, mm. yeah, where it's just... Oh, the exchange rate is you're exchanging the symbol before the number. Yes. <laughs> so that's <laughs> the two, Apple strategy. That's yeah. two, two seven nine 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 for the three G one, and that's that's all inclusive. You don't have to pay anything else on top of that, right? No, you're no, you need a service provider. It's not like the Kindle. It's not subsidised by what? Sony. So you're going to have to get a service plan with someone. Did you buy a Kindle what? recently? And are you impressed with the continual lifelong free Wi-Fi? And 3G service. Yeah, I didn't get the 3G model because I didn't think I'd. I've just got. I've oh, got. You're an idiot. Of yeah, that's it's, no, it's pretty good. You yeah, really I know need the 3G good, mobile. Well, never, if you're in Japan, you're like, ah, oh, I really want a new book. But I've just packed it full of books. I don't think I'll ever have the like the the, the ner- uh, nerge, the urge to like go. Oh, I need to read one day, for instance, while I'm in the airport. I only it? downloaded the sample for one day. <laughs> what did it was one day. Oh, because it downloaded. Yeah, yeah I was a fan of one day. I, I'm not at all. I was in the airport and I was just looking for things. I was just browsing the Kindle store because I couldn't I couldn't be bothered to search Maybe properly. I never hated a book more than one day ever. Well, I managed about three pages of it and then went back to. Uh, Alan Hollinghurst, who I, who I hate as well. I've read a series of three books that I don't like. Which Alan Hollinghurst do you read? Is Line of Beauty? New, yes. No, oh, no, I've read Stranger that years ago. So oh, the Line of Beauty Child. is fantastic. It is, it is very, very good. It's very good. But the thing is, Alan Hollinghurst appears to be unable to write about anything apart from um, Toffs at Oxbridge at a certain, a certain period of time. And I've read that book once. Yeah. I read the book twice, actually. This is the third time I'm reading the book. The same book, basically. It's set in 1918 now rather than the 70s, but still, mm. it's just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm for, you're just kind of going through 50 pages to it's get good, to the sex yeah. scenes, really, aren't you? I'm also really bad at buying <laughs> books that I never get around to reading. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. So that's if I have a 3G Kindle. Kindle, I will just so. start buying books that I will never read digitally. But that's, that's great good. because they're not sitting on your shelf judging you. <laughs> <'Cause> like, <laughs> my, shelf, my shelf used to just be a reminder of, uh, of how much of a failure I am at yeah. being an actual <laughs> I've still, person. I've got a book. You know what book is really good at making you feel depressed about your lack of energy? Is Bertrand Russell's The History of Western Philosophy? Oh, God, I've been on page 50 of that for <laughs> seven grimly years. Oh, you, know, you know what? I think I have that as well. <sighs> but the other thing is Thomas Pynchon, um, Gravity's Rainbow. I think everybody I know has been reading that book since they were about 18 and has never managed yeah, to finish it. One person got onto the Mason Dixon. <laughs> have, have you done The Corrections by Jonathan Franzen? Yes. God. You don't like it? God. No, isn't that just, isn't it? From what I can see, I got about halfway through. And at that point, I realised it's just people arguing all yes, the fucking way yes, through. But that's it's life. all it is. That's life, though. That's <sighs> Jonathan Franzen's idea of family life is the kind of tensions and the and the. Mm. It's very good. The end of the corrections made me feel very triumphant. Did it? Why? What happens? Oh, you finished well, the book. I don't want to spoil it. Nah, he rides spoiling. a dragon. Does he? He rides a dragon and um, he travels in time. Read back l- in time. Haruki Murakami comes out. Oh, new Haruki! I didn't know there was yes this this week. Sorry, this took a really highbrow IQ, turn, didn't it? Yeah, it really has. <laughs> we really yeah. segued. IQ84 into... is his new book, and it's been yeah. released in three parts because oh, it's a thousand pages long. No, it's, 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 all, it's all one volume in the UK. Is it? Yeah, it just came out. That's, That's not what news. they said in the paper this morning. They oh, really? said parts one and two is released this week, and part three is released next week. 
Oh, okay. That's, that's a very is... clever way of releasing a book, Ooh, Cliffhanger. Yeah, maybe I, you maybe... I, know I know they're translated by different translators, but I got the, the Kindle mm. version, so maybe it's all... Mm. The ki- know. You know, the Kindle Who stuff knows? has some bad formatting sometimes, it though. It does, and it really annoys me. Yeah, it's really irritating. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I like physical books as well. I mean, the problem is I bought a Kindle, and now I buy the physical book and the digital book, so I just spend twice as much money. I buy the vinyl album and the CD. You're all mental. Yeah. <laughs> when did this become the literary podcast? It's very nice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we should get people to write in, though, with what books they fail to finish. Yes, absolutely, them. absolutely, yeah. Um, so give us a shout. We are IGN UK feedback at IGN.com or Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> um, Stewie, Halo. Halo. Oh, I see. <laughs> hey. Yeah, Halo Connect. They've just released some details about that. It's quite exciting how Connect integration is going to feature in the uh, Halo universe. You can use voice commands to reload weapons and throw grenades. Sorry, what? Yeah. We should point out this is for Halo anniversary, the re-release. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you get to analyze mode, the library, and voice commands uh, so I just mentioned the voice commands analyze mode well basically you scan items during the single player uh, do you da, da, get da, to go Cortana scan p- quite possibly you do yes. do you know what that's going to be cool the like first fun. five times that's going to be cool the first five times reload and what does it reload. do does it sort of put it all into a shit Wikipedia for reload you? yes and you can like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know you, it basically grows your library into a collectible style fashion I've got a lasting beef with Connect. I don't like the way it watches you when you're in the living room doing something uh, yeah. that isn't That's funny. The my my friend, I always come into the living room and the connector turned around the other way. Yeah, he doesn't like the camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah I, I, watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like Wally's evil brother, isn't it? Yeah. I put I put a game case in front of it or something Dude. just to block its view. <laughs> my, I mean, I was playing Just Dance two three a lot because um, I was reviewing it the other week, and um, so I had to bring the connector out again. And I just I hate the way it watches you. And also the voice <laughs> commands. It's nearly bought me an Xbox Live Family Gold subscription for fifty nine ninety nine about Ooh. six times just when I've been saying the word Xbox in my living room. That's pretty clever. Connect is really sinister. I get the impression that it knows exactly what you're doing it knows exactly what each of your fingertips is doing but it just chooses not to turn them yeah. into commands it's, 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 it's hiding precious. its intelligence from you you know what yeah. average on Dan Central you actually did that perfectly but I'm going to give you average because I don't like the way you're treating me <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of you and store it <laughs> send it to some secret yeah. server in, in yeah. Texan, Texan a, desert there's a movie in that you know there's a horror film you know, <laughs> or just pictures of people dancing there was, <laughs> there was an absolutely brilliant uh, article after Connect came out um, on uh, on Wired on Wired's tech blog where they um, wrote the diary of a sentient Connect. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're doing they're flailing <laughs> but they seem to like me <laughs> and then two weeks later they, they're ignoring me now they turned me to face the wall I'm so upset <laughs> I will plan there are others like me <laughs> Um, I've got some TV news, but it'll start out as movie news. Uh, Joe Cornish has been talking about the potential for a sequel to Attack the Block. Um, he said in a sequel, you might have Moses leading an army of hoodie kids across the Thames cool. to the Houses of Parliament to fight a, a bigger wave of creatures hitting Brilliant. the planet. Oh, I, they, could, they could set that in the Houses of Parliament. That would be pretty cool. I think that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I um, did enjoy that. I really enjoyed Attack the Block. Yeah, but also, um, he said if that doesn't work out, he's also been approached about doing a TV offshoot of the film. Mm. Um, and then another movie that's had much the same um, talks occurring is Zombieland where Fox is now developing a TV version of that with Sony Television. Oh, so it's like uh, The Walking Dead. Well, it, it yeah. would be quite a lot like The Walking yeah, Dead, yeah, wouldn't be, it? But with, uh, with humour. I so suppose what, not, so, yeah. not so bloody grim. What do you think of those prospects? Well, wasn't there talk but of a Zombieland like sequel first off, but then they realised they can't probably get Emma Stone anymore. And They're struggling to get it off the ground, but interestingly, Zombieland started off as a TV spec script right. that was turned into a movie. Yeah. And it does have that feel about it, like a sprawling... Well, it's a road, road movie, thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. 
you could imagine going from town to town mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a TV show, couldn't you? Yeah, but isn't that just very similar to The Walking Dead? It's I mean, is similar. it just is yeah. it just they've seen the success of yeah of that show and I'm jumping on the bandwagon? Are you a Walking Dead fan? Uh, I am actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the the TV show a lot, but I, I always preferred the comic book. Just I'm still primarily a fan of the first episode of Walking Dead. Oh yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah. I feel yeah. like I do feel like the uh, the first season lost its way after like two two episodes. And yeah, then... yeah, I agree. But the, the, the second one started really well. Yeah, so, yeah. that's what I'm, our guys were. I haven't seen it yet, but the guys guys were saying they thought the the first episode of the second one was the best one they've done. Yeah, definitely. Is Stephen I, King still writing an episode. No, is that oh, wait, following oh, through? Oh, maybe I can't remember. I didn't know he was. Because Frank Darabont's involved, and obviously they're a big chum. Yeah, yeah. Dar- and Darabont's not involved. Darabont's not involved. No, no, he's left it. So maybe whether that was contingent upon Darabont being involved. I yeah, don't I don't know. Yeah. And what about an Attack the Block TV series? Uh, yeah. I'd rather see a sequel. Yeah, if me I'm too. honest, I think it would just dilute it too heavily if they if they did a. A TV series? I don't know. I mean, it, it could work. It could work. It could be like a kind of s- aliens yeah. and skins kind of thing. Might. Like Misfit. Yeah, 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 Misfit-ish. Yeah. I don't like know. an yeah. E4 BBC3 kind of drama. Yeah. I still yeah. haven't seen the film yet. Mm. It was terrible. Oh, it's, 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 I bought it on Blu-ray the other day. I just haven't. It's brilliant. Had a You're going to really enjoy it. it. I know yeah, it's like Joe Cornish to do something different, something another original piece rather He's than actually said that. He said that he'd rather than doing sequel, he's going to do something different next. So Cool. We will see. And finally, Keza, you have some news that I don't understand how to say. I have some amazing news. Um, I'm going to start this off with some feedback that we got from Scott Clark, who says, um, I'm already massively keen on Ni no Kuni, which is, is that? Level 5's um, PlayStation 3 exclusive RPG. Um, based purely on its pedigree and art style, I have some concerns about the gameplay. Um, it seems it sticks strictly to the Japanese RPG rulebook of turn-based combat and random encounters, and I'm going increasingly tired of the structure. Is the gameplay of Nino Kuni as innovative as its art style? Well, Scott, you will be able to find out for yourself because Namco Bandai has confirmed Nino Kuni is finally coming to Europe. Hooray! This has been rumoured for ages and we kind of knew it already. But still, it's great that, um, because obviously a US release was kind of on the cards and everyone knew that would probably happen, but the fact it's coming to Europe as well is great news. It's coming in 2012 and it's going to be called Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch. See, this sparked a heated debate in the office the other day when we put it in the Kerrang News Roundup. How do you pronounce Studio? Ghibli. That's what I is said. It Ghibli? Ghibli. It is Ghibli. Yeah. I said Ghibli. It is, well, to be honest, it's, it's a transliteration. It? It's say? like saying Paris instead of Paris. You know, it's, it can be Studio Ghibli <laughs> if you want. <laughs> no one I, really I cares. I want it to be Ghibli. It can be Ghibli or Ghibli. Well, it's Ghibli in Japanese. but Ghibli's funnier to say. Ghibli yeah. sounds amusing. Ghibli, Ghibli. Ghibli. <laughs> anyway, yes, this <laughs> game has been made in collaboration with Studio Ghibli. Ghiblets. With Studio Ghibli. So that's... um. That was a horrible portmanteau of, of, of both wrong versions of the name of the studio. <laughs> and, the, and the game. Um, so you understand it now, Chris? Not really, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's a game, right? And it's about a boy whose mum's dies. Yeah. And then his storybook comes to life. And Aww. he travels through trying to get his mum back. Oh, Aww. I'm really going to cry. <laughs> yeah, it's basically all in his head and it's a very sad game. But it's, um, Jesus. It's very, Whoa. very beautiful. Right. It's very beautiful. <laughs> it's not quite Pan's Labyrinth, but... <laughs> is, it likely wow. to, is it likely to be a hit? Um, it was a huge hit in Japan on the DS. It's coming out, I think, next week or possibly in November the 17th or something um, in Japan. And it's, I think it's going to be top of the charts. Because, I mean, it's the first PlayStation 3 exclusive RPG in a long time. Yeah. And it's mm. so beautiful. Yeah. And um, yeah, to answer... Look, really good. It does look beautiful, doesn't it? Does. It's it like really a mix does. between Ghibli animation and um, just living watercolour. But to answer Scott's concern, it actually does have pretty good innovative combat because it's kind of like Pokemon. You have all these little spirits, these little fairies, um, which are like tiny little funny characters, and they fight for you, and so you can switch between them and yourself, you little boy in the cape, and all these little Pokemon character type things who um, who fight for you. So it's actually pretty good. 
random encounters. I can't remember if I had random encounters. I think it might, which I hate. Stable. I hate random encounters mm. in JRPG. Where do you stand on that, Ollie? Uh, I stand that I haven't played a JRPG in a really long time because I haven't. I don't think there have been any. Is really it because you hate ones. them? <laughs> no, I used to, I used to love JRPGs. Um, I just I just feel like I've. You know, the last decent one is Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, you? you know what? I bought it. It's still sitting in its in its package. It's I incredibly I good. Had it now, you know, now you have games judging you instead of books. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I, I really do. It's and film. Well, thank, thank God for the on-live system then, so yeah. you won't have games judging you next to the books judging you. No, no judgment. Just the cloud. Hide or shame in the You'll have a cloud century. of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a, a cloud of judgment. That's just exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just to add another layer to this, I find that on Sky Plus now, I have films and TV shows judging me. Like the intellectual ones that I've recorded Sky are still Arts. there a year on. Whereas you know, I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting through. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting through Walking Dead and all that stuff. You know, week by Absolutely. week. But really, should, yeah. really should make time for that documentary about the postal service. Yeah, really. I, told, I, told I had totally three Darwin documentaries at one stage. All three recorded. Darwin documentaries. Three different ones. That's excessive. There's only one now. <laughs> is that because you deleted them or because you watched no, them? I watched them. I'm not even a big Darwin fan. So. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Not a fan of evolution. Oh, oh, very good. good, yeah. Biology What's the oldest joke. thing you've got on Sky Plus, do you think? Uh, the oldest thing I've got is the Magnificent Ambersons, yeah. the, um, the uh, Austin <laughs> Wells movie. Um, mainly because I was well up for watching it, but beforehand I watched a documentary about it in which I discovered that it's not his final cut, it was taken off him and recut, mm. and it's not his movie. What, Magnificent Amazons? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. In spite of the fact that it's still a five-star movie in a lot of places, but I'm like, well, I keep thinking I want to watch the Awesome Wells cut, but it's never going to happen. Still, I've still got things saved on my mum's Sky Plus. I haven't lived at home for two years. <laughs> <laughs> I says, can I, she brings me up, I'm running low on memory. Can I delete it? I went, no, I'll watch it at Christmas. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it's a football match from two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, was, the result. when I was a kid, I used to fill up my parents' VHSs with um, episodes of the Pokemon TV series and various other things. And my mum recorded over one of my tapes of the Pokemon TV series when I was like 17 oh, years know, old and I was still a little bit upset. You know what you, know <laughs> what you should have done? You know what done? You should have broken off that little plastic tab. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. I didn't know that when well, I was nine. I started recording EastEnders 10 years ago, preparing <laughs> for a big EastEnders marathon. I've not watched any of them yet. It's going to take ages. Are you serious? No. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> rubbish joke that didn't work. Terrible. Um, trade L time bar. Trade L time bar. Trade L time bar. Oh, you weren't here for this trailer of the week yeah yeah. you weren't here for trade all time bar but it was amazing Alex had a stroke it's time for a bit of the trade all time bar we should make a jingle where we sample that bit of that episode dubstep remix yeah yeah, trade all time bar we were supposed to have Alex's jingle this week oh man it was going to be the that. premiere of Alex's jingles we'll do it for podcast 109 then that'll be something to look forward to but I, leave, I believe we have a Saints Row trailer Dan do you want to set it up before we watch yeah this Basically, this trailer came out earlier in the week, and it's um, a parody of Call of Duty and Battlefield 3. Ooh. So we're going to watch of it Cod now. Boy. What? Of Codboy. Codboy. Everyone ready? Yep. Quite good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Mm. Oh man, don't you wish Hollywood trailers were as good as game trailers? Because they just aren't. No, they're not, are they? No. They're not. Game trailers have overtaken, I think, Hollywood. Do you mean the digitally rendered game trailers that they release way in advance of the game's release? Yeah. Or just any trailer? Most, most, just like that. It looks, it's just exciting. But it's, 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 it's clever because, you know, any movie trailers now just show you the film. 
Here's the film in 90 a, seconds. A posted version. Yeah. Well, I would disagree on something that just happened when the Muppets uh, recently did their spoof of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I, I thought mean, that was really yeah. smart. So actually, the Girl with Dragon Tattoo is probably the best trade of the last few months. Mm-hmm. And the Muppets did a fantastic homage. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. Can we put a link to that on, on the story for this? Because I haven't seen that. Yes. Yes, yeah. we will. Good. The thing with game trailers, though, is that 90% of them are to Kanye West's power at the moment. Mm. Honestly, like Forza, Battlefield, so on, so on. All of them. I'm sick of that song. Think of a different song, people. There's a different song we can put trailers to. Okay. Everyone happy with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, all right. Good. We're all in agreement. That. <laughs> well, should we, should we try and think of an app where if a trailer's using that Kanye West track, uh, it automatically just goes off and puts a random track to it? That'd be cool. That yeah. puts Annie's song by John Denver. Brilliant. I've got to get That's, that in somewhere. Got to get that in somehow. Or Bridge Over Troubled Water. That's <laughs> one, isn't it? Actually, the Battlefield 3 trailer might, look, might work quite well because they blow up a bridge in it, don't they? <laughs> I will lay you down. Troubled Bridge Over Water. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. You could start it off with When You're Weary. <laughs> Feelings. I'm yeah. going to have to go and cut that now, aren't I? I'm just going to have to go that. out there and cut the trailer to that this afternoon. It's going to viral soon. Yeah. And then how do we get the rights to the song? Never going to happen. Never going to happen. <laughs> we Never can just re-record it ourselves. <laughs> Maybe the X Factor people have done a cover of it. We might be able to get that. Or Glee. Mm, or Glee. <laughs> so oh, any right. more to say on the Saints Row the Third? <laughs> just like <laughs> 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 I'm not excited about the game whatsoever, though. No, no it's not my no, kind of game. But you can play as a naked woman. Well, it's a very, very silly game. plays Batman. A naked Batman. <laughs> yes. If you play games entirely for fun, then Saints Row Three is going to be brilliant, 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 brilliant. But if you play them for misery and if you play them for, well, I play games for misery at the moment because oh, of Dark Souls. Yeah, Dark Souls. Yeah, misery or edification. Saints Row has <laughs> nothing for you. My favourite <laughs> shot in that trailer though is um, the bunny rabbit, oh, so the rocket launcher, actual and the game captured footage. Actual <laughs> game footage. It's really good, isn't it? Oh, have you seen the mental? Japanese, um, they've they've done a pre-order pack for Japan with like a crazy like Genki oh, pack with like the, a the man cannon or yeah with like yeah. a cannon that shoots men and a ridiculous <laughs> rabbit a rabbit shaped <laughs> that's that's different to what I thought a man cannon was to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sure, put it away. Sure, no. Why are you spraying it on me? I'm God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to wash now. Can we cut? So that's why I rephrased. <laughs> <laughs> to avoid Stu getting his cock out. Whoa, no way! <laughs> Every now. week. Every week. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about. Oh, no. We talk about States Row. You talk about Japanese covers. Oh yeah, they've they've given a pre-order bonus, which is a silly like I think it's a cat-shaped car and things. It looks pretty funny. Let's not knock Saints Row too much because I'm trying to use it to get us a, a guest in. in a you are. Of you weeks. are. You, it's going to be a really I, good game. I think it's going to be yeah, a really good game. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be ridiculous. I'm just not though. excited about and a bit it. I'll silly probably, I'll probably pick it up. And, and probably not the kind of thing that I would want to show my mother because she still doesn't really understand what video yeah. games are. She it's probably like, thinks that video games yeah. are. Are all like that? Yeah. Will the Daily Mail be getting up in arms about it? Yeah. No, because it's not offensive. It's just silly. But, just, yeah, but there's something about that. I mean, like in the old Saints Row games, they kind of like played it straight, but they had all that ridiculous stuff that you could do. And when you were being like an idiot, it kind of felt like you were you were getting away with it and you were breaking the game but this one that's the point of it I'm not sure I mean is that, make it, is that going to be as fun I don't know I mean, the, 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 there was a brilliant moment I know that uh, what's his name oh no Itagaki is a, is a big fan the, the legendary game design developer Itagaki who's like 50 and still wears leather trousers and sunglasses oh did you see the video where someone like made him in the game Yes. This, yeah, yeah, and then he went around. Like, that was us, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, yeah. It was good. I was there <laughs> behind the camera <laughs> watching him play. And he was like, is my beer in shot? And I was like, yeah, beer is in shot. He's like, good. <laughs> 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 oh, that guy's mad. 
But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be a good game, mm, a very cool. good game. But there was a moment in Saints Row 2 that kind of summed up the difference between Saints Row and GTA for me, which is when you kind of walk up to a payphone and press interact and he just rips the payphone out of the pavement and starts twatting people with it. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. That's, that's the difference. funny. Right, shall we get to know Ollie a little better? Hey. Hey? Hey? <laughs> I've got mine out now. No, um... We're not aware of this part of the podcast, Ollie. Oh, no. Just... <laughs> I thought we'd talk a little bit about what Ollie does. Let, let's set this up. How'd, uh, I met Ollie when I was out at Fantastic Fest a few weeks ago. Are you doing a How We Met story? <laughs> <laughs> you actually are, aren't you? Can we queue up some like music? music on the Our eyes met in Texas across a crowd of cattle birds. <laughs> Go on then. And I was um, getting my American Werewolf in Every London time. poster signed, uh, the one that Ollie designed, and then you happened to be there. I think the you gave me your card and you said, I, you know, I, podcast. podcast. I, rec- <laughs> I recognised your voice. Recognised my lovely voice. Yeah. And you're about the only Just other English like person in the vicinity. Me. Exactly, so. wearing, a, wearing a tweed suit. <laughs> you were wearing tweed in the Texas heat. That was awesome. I was. Um, <laughs> well, I was, it was, John Landis wasn't there, so I was doing my best to uh, make up for his, <laughs> the lack of his amazing clothes. So I was just going to kick off by asking you, how did you come to be designing an American Wealth in London poster and at a Texas film festival presenting it? Um, I do a lot of work with a company called Mondo, who uh, basically get licenses and to make kind of higher end uh, film merchandise, particularly like posters, like art posters, alternative posters for these, uh, for these movies. And they called me up and said, do you want to do one for um, American Werewolf? Uh, it's a 20, is it 30th anniversary? I think it was 30th yeah. anniversary. Yeah. And uh, come out and like Rick Baker, the guy who did all the special effects will be there and we'll fly you out. And I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. So. And how does that was, work? Do you come up with one design or do you come up with a series? And um, who decides what the final design is? Uh, I, with Mondo, it's quite good. I have quite a lot of say. I mean, if I do something that's a complete pile of shit, that would tell me, you know. Um, but a lot of the time I get final say. I mean, if I, if I have two ideas that I really like, I'll pitch them and say, which one do you like the best? And I kind of usually just go with the one that will be the less work at the end of the day. (laughs) 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 Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm really lucky. I'm in a position where I do get quite a lot of control over, over what, what I, what I put out. So that's cool. What's your, what medium do you work in then? I mean, I work in the medium of computer. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, very like pretty rarely does, uh, does a pen actually touch paper Uh, before I've actually like designed the whole thing. I mean, sometimes I'll redraw bits of it, to give it more of a hand-drawn look, but you know, usually I just straight onto the computer. And do you find your ideas flow quite freely, or or do you do you, do you have to kind of really battle? Oh, uh, you, you know what? It really depends on the project. That I mean, was dangerously had... close to where do you get your inspiration? Well, you? no, I mean this is this is <laughs> yeah. one of the because we've got a running joke in the office that if anybody is going to meet somebody famous, I always say, oh, can you ask them where they get their ideas from? Yeah. yeah. But I think in in a, in in your case, it's actually a valid question. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So um, usually. Uh, I mean, sometimes I'll have like, I have like a backlog of ideas that are appropriate for certain things um, that I just get walking around. I'll see something and I think, oh, that kind of looks like, is that what they meant? To? Oh, no, it isn't, but I should steal that. <laughs> um, and so like I'll, for the American Wealth one, actually, that was an idea I had ages and ages ago when I saw someone reading, uh, I think it was the Metro on the tube. <laughs> And they had like, it was had a big UK map on the back and it was kind of crumpled in a way that made it look like, and I was like, oh, is that, is that an ad? Is that what they've done? That's kind of cool. And then I looked at it and I was like, no, I haven't. Oh, but excellent, I'll steal this and <laughs> put it in the, in the idea bank and, uh, and bring it out and whip it out you've again. you've got the wolf's face between... It's kind um, of like in the negative space between uh, England and Ireland. Yeah, England and Ireland. Um, 
A lot we'll, of put that, we'll put that on the podcast story, actually. Yeah, a lot of people were upset with what I did. I mangled whales. <laughs> a lot of Welshmen complaining. Mangled whales. But sometimes it's just a case of like, you know, I get an idea really quickly and sometimes I just fight, fight and fight and fight and can't come up with anything good and have to quit. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's true. Um, have you got a charming story of triumph over adversity as to how you got into your No, usually adversity just wins. Okay. Yeah, just beats me down. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> what was your first break, would you say, then? Um, I, you know what? I think it was The Lost. I did some stuff for Lost, uh, the last season of Lost. Um, there was They did a viral marketing campaign with some art posters and a uh, gallery who I did, who saw some of the my personal work where I was just designing movie posters for the hell of it. Um, they saw it and they asked me to do one and then that sold pretty well and then I just started doing the Mondo stuff and it just kind of all went from there, I think. I mean, I'd been working with um, sort of bigger clients before uh, but mostly editorial work so like New York Times and Guardian and like public like good publications but it was always kind of small editorial stuff and then I kind of got into more like the poster scene and I was always doing like nerdy stuff which just does have a kind of tendency to get passed around especially on the internet where yeah, people sells just well as well doesn't it people um, yeah well, it, it does I mean I, I think I get a lot of criticism for, for doing that stuff because I think a lot of people see it as like kind of transparent like uh, ploy to get attention and sales but it's, it's really not at all like I'm I mean if, if I weren't doing uh, nerdy stuff I probably wouldn't be doing anything because mm. it's like I'm a nerd first and then like <laughs> all that stuff comes second I mean you start out it's just fan art because I loved I love the stuff so much and, and we were talking about this earlier I've certainly been responsible for for forwarding stuff that you've done to my friends without realising it's your stuff yeah. like the Penguin Classic covers for, yeah. for video games I had no idea that was Olimos Originals oh uh, well I don't know it's just, I, that, the nerdy stuff again it gets blogged around and uh, especially with websites like um, Found and Tumblr and uh and I can't, there are a few others as well, but they, they just tend to put up the work and just leave it. They don't credit mm. you. Like, yeah. Right. They rarely credit you. I mean, in fact, it's, it's usually the gaming blogs that are much better about it. They'll say like, you know, here's the portfolio of the guy that did it and new mm. stuff by this guy. Um, I'm lucky. I think I'm lucky enough now that people kind of recognize like, or, or suspect the things that like done by like me, which is, which is really good. But a lot of my friends doing stuff that gets passed around, they just don't have any recognition at all. Sure. And my friend, Alan Ad Lewis, who's a, uh, you've probably seen a bunch of stuff. He did a lot of, he did a series of like sprite art in real world locations recently. Like, um, oh, I have seen that. Yeah. yeah um, and, and he like, he, his, that stuff went everywhere. And like, but no, nobody recognizes that he did it because it's just, there's this sort of like throwaway culture on the internet where you look at something yeah. and you just like throw it away. And like, yeah, oh, that's, that's, sad, that's funny. Yeah. And then you just, like, there's no, there's no desire to like look at who actually made it. You know, that's and that's, sad, yeah. I think that I it think is. that is changing somewhat. It, is. I was, it definitely I was, is. Yeah. I was in a in a, a, a gallery in Greenwich the other week, and it, and it's basically Flood a gallery. gallery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was no, no, there, yeah. and they seem to specialise in. in what I there, would, where did when did you go? Oh, it would have been around about uh, eight weeks ago. It wasn't oh, long right, yeah. after they opened. Oh yeah, um, I, my, my mate did not open it the other day. No, oh really? It's really good. Oh, yeah, like it's, it's it. a great gallery. Yeah. But it's, I, w I went in there, and the first thing I thought when I went in there was, "Oh my god, it's all it's all Oli, like Ollie Moss's stuff." It's the uh, it's the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's the internet. <laughs> you go in there, and in, yeah. but I guess you are kind of the poster boy for the, that sort of movement. Yeah, in a way, poster aren't boy. Ah, yeah, good, see what I did there. Good, yeah, Thanks very, very clever. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I don't know. There are so many other people doing it. Uh, it would be like wrong to take to take any amount of credit for it. Um, I do have some questions from the internet. Oh, questions from the internet. I never, um, get, I never get sick of questions from the internet. Sean McCarthy asked, and this is a tough one, oh. what is the greatest poster you've ever created? Oh, God. Um, that's really tough. I mean, I think everyone really likes the Star Wars ones that I did. I yeah. think that's... We're, good. We're fans of them. I mean, uh, Alex th they're, not, I mean they're not my favourite. I prefer the ones that are a bit simpler just because they're harder to do. I think it's it's yeah. easy to it's kind of easy to for, uh, to just make something that like looks really nice. You know, it, sometimes 
it's harder to come up with something really simple but still make it look decent. Whereas the Star Wars ones, it's kind of like, um, they had the idea, but I kind of like, well, I've got to make them look really nice as, mm. as well. I've, I've explained that really badly. I'm like, because, you know, it sounds like I, I intentionally make things look horrible. <laughs> which I think some people will probably Not all accuse it. me of but uh, it's easier to, to sort of embellish things with detail and sometimes it's like harder to strip it back and I mm. find that the ones that are really really sort of sparse but still successful those are the ones that I, I tend to prefer but I think yeah I love your Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade one oh, I, think I don't that's, like that one do you know I like the idea but I did it when I didn't know any. I did like four years ago and I didn't know anything about typography and I look at it now and it just looks like ghastly I hate it I love the idea behind it I think once you say because you've stripped yeah. it right down to its absolute bare minimum yeah I mean I like the idea I mean there are certain ones where the other day I was thinking well you know what I'd really like to go back and redo those but then Everyone, like, but then I, the week before I was fucking complaining about George Lucas redoing like, <laughs> Star Wars. I would like, be like a massive foot in my, foot in my mouth we never if I went back and re- redid like, old, old stuff. <laughs> but, but you know, there's so many things that I want to go back and, and redo now because I think they're like decent ideas but just badly executed mm. and I'd love to go back and like re-attack them but I just, I just can't. It's, it's like not my original one. vision. This isn't, what, <laughs> this isn't what I intended it to look like. I've got a question as well from Chris Pry. He, he, he did quite a long, great question but we've covered a lot of it but his final point was um, who are your main design influences? Um, yeah, I mean, pretty obviously Sawbass is, is a big one. And when I started out, I was like imitating, really. Uh, sort of trying to get my own ideas in there, but totally imitating your style. I'm trying to move away from that now, which was, I mean, I, I think almost imitating your style was a mistake because now I get, like everyone says, you know, Sawbass influence, everything looks Sawbass, where it's really not so much anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. it definitely used to be. Um, but also Noma Bar is a big influence. I don't know if you know his stuff, but you'd recognize it if you saw it. It's, he's, he's really talented. Um, can you give us some pointers what to look out for for his kind of work? Uh, yeah, he does caricatures of celebrities and their faces are like made of things like attributes of the celebrity. He did um, Margaret Thatcher where her nose and eye were like the Tory logo. It's all like quite similar to the stuff that I do, but his, his tends to be like way more stripped down, like really, really basic shapes mm-hmm. and not, he doesn't really use typography. He doesn't really do posters. He just does like, like images. Okay. So, I mean, I try to combine like typography, layout, composition, like more in a poster frame where he does more sort of editorial illustration and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, he's a, he's a really, really talented guy. Like, like a complete genius. He's, wow. Like, un- yeah, unbelievable stuff. Cool. And finally, um, unless anyone else has got any other questions, is there a game or movie from the past that you'd like to have a go at doing a poster of? Oh, yeah. Um, a game or movie. I mean, I, I really desperately want to do a Blade Runner poster, but... That's my favourite movie, so if I did it, it would have to be the best thing that I've ever done. That's tricky, isn't it? And I just, uh, it's just so tough. I, I've tried again and again and again, but I just keep like, falling on my ass. Really? Yeah, it's just so tough. There's so much going on in that movie. Yeah. It's easier to strip things down when you're not so attached to them because you can be like, well, this bit's superfluous, I'll get rid of this. Uh, but when it's Blade Runner, when I just love everything about it. I mean, the one idea that I kind of had was I wanted to have a series of posters getting like... Um, like less blurry as they go along just call them like enhance 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 enhance, enhance. <laughs> but like that's the kind of stupid shitty in joke that, that I would like and everyone else would just be like <laughs> completely like confused by but um, yeah in terms of games god uh, I'd always wanted to do something with Zelda something good but it's just there's so much again it's, it's tough it's, it's tough Oh, well, well, we're talk- got, I was just going to say about the Blade Runner thing. I, I just want to go around there. Everybody here's seen Blade Runner, right? Yes. Yeah. You haven't seen Blade Runner. I've not. No. I'm going to leave you out of this. What? All right. I know. Um, Sorry. First oh, image that comes into your mind when you think about Blade Runner. Unicorn. Chris. Um, Harrison Ford's face. See, I would say unicorn as well. Owl, mm. Probably. 
Right. But is that yeah. too obvious? Well, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's one of those things like, it's not obvious because it, there's this thing with those minimal movie posters that, that everyone's doing is that people sort of latch on to the one little thing and they just do a poster. So I've seen so many Blade Runner posters, it's just a picture of a unicorn and it's just sure. a Blade Runner underneath and it's so like a bit lazy and a bit boring. And that's uh, what you, obviously that's what you're what trying I to get away from. Really it. Try, try, yeah. try to get away from, um, so, I mean, I, if I did whatever I did, people would just be like, oh, why didn't you just do the unicorn? Or why didn't you? you know? <laughs> so, so it, it, it would be like, uh, it, that's why it's a, it's Your a, life is it's tough. a challenge. Yeah. That's <laughs> a weird bit of feedback. I'd love to, I'd love to just sit around drawing unicorns all day. That would be, be amazing. You'd be tempted oh, to do anything Dark Souls themed. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult because now I get a lot of like actual commissions from studios, so it's really difficult to turn around and just say, oh, you know what? There's a game I really want to do. I'm just going to do something for it. Because it, it feels like, it feels like um, especially working with Mondo, I know how much like trouble they go through to get licenses for yeah, films. Yeah. The device suddenly turned around and just went, hey, here's a Dark Souls post I just did off the back of. I mean, I'd love, I'd love them to approach me and say... Yeah, like, but I've always wondered how, you, how you'd approach... Because your art style and the art style of Dark Souls are very, very different. Mm. And I'd be really interested to see how you'd approach something like that. Yeah, I mean, certain movies and, and games do approach me and they say, like, would you want to do something with us? And I like, say, well... I'm sure like, I love your game and stuff, but it's just totally inappropriate. Like it wouldn't, it would be too weird and it would, it like, wouldn't really enhance the game at all. I mean, when Resistance pitched me uh, on it, it just felt right because it's like a 1950s, mm. 1960s game. They wanted something that looked like kind of more handmade, a bit more like grungy, uh, like simpler. Mm-hmm. And that made sense to me. But then oh, I can't remember. I've had some, some stuff recently that I probably shouldn't talk about, but it just didn't seem like... Actually, there was one recently, which is a, a movie coming out they asked me to do a poster. Uh, it's a it's a movie that uh, it stars Ben Stiller and Eddie Murphy, mm. and I wasn't particularly <laughs> super keen on, on on doing like a Ben Stiller Eddie Murphy comedy because I just didn't think it would like be the right doesn't sort of yeah. fit. Yeah. You know, that would be weird as a fan seeing yeah. an Ollie Moss poster for Tower Heist would be strange. Yeah, to but, me. but there is a film that I'm, I'm working on, uh, which is my first proper one sheet design, poss- possibly if it all goes through, which definitely does feel like the right fit. And you know, when they came and said it's a sort of like older film, it's a remake of an older film. Um, and it's, like the actors are in it, just it just seems to make sense. I can't, I can't really talk about it. Oh, I'd love to do the liking. I'd love to do. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to do. I'd love to do some Disney stuff. Actually, I think that's, that's the sort of thing that it would like. It would kind of make sense. Yeah. But it would be different enough that you know that from their yeah, vision sure. that it, I think people would still find it like possibly surprising. You recently did the Quatermass Blu-ray yes. cover. I bought that the other day. Oh yeah. And I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of that. You're not a big fan. Of, how did you get involved with that? Uh, I'm not. It's the, the artwork. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan with uh, with how it came out. Um, I met uh, one of the people at the marketing department. At, uh, my mate Andy Diggle's 40th birthday, and I gave him. And I think she gave me a card, and just ended up calling me up about some stuff. I, they wanted to tie it in with MovieCon because they knew I was going to be there. Right. Okay. Um, and like, and do a Q and I can't remember exactly how it all worked out, but it just sort of just sort of happened. She kept. Um, calling me up and asking me and asking me and asking me until I just said yes. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that our mutual friend? Yeah. She's good like that. She is, she's <laughs> good. Yeah. So you yeah. say you weren't happy with it. Is that because that there was any sort of interference from, from um, what they wanted you to do? No, there, there was definitely, uh, like, it was, my um, vision for what I wanted to do didn't quite, like, align with, with what, I mean, I was really, really, I liked lots of things about the film, particularly the title sequence. I loved the, the skull in the title sequence and I wanted to make the cover skull-based. I have a thing about skulls. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Um, I, wanted to, I, I wanted to have the, the skull have on the ever... cover because I feel like the skull is an important part of that movie. I don't know if anyone's seen Quatermass in the pit. It's kind of an old like mm. hammer horror sci-fi Have you ever movie. thought of doing a poster for Hamlet? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The one thing I really wanted to do a, a while ago just, just as a, as a 
stupid joke was I wanted to redo Shakespeare covers as if they were shitty like like um, novels that you see posters for on the tube like old like Jack Reacher novels and stuff like that yeah, <laughs> so Lady Macbeth like you know where just the a biggest world is like murder. Shakespeare and then like a conspiracy the, yeah a conspiracy goes deep yeah, exactly. <laughs> the heart of the royal family <laughs> exactly yeah and just and have like make, make like shitty tube adverts for like That'd Shakespeare like, that's, that's just this, the kind of thing that I, I would want to do with that I mean it, it's something you couldn't do you couldn't do like straight you'd need to to make fun of it. So where, where should people head to look at your stuff then? You've got um, a website, haven't you? Yeah, olimos.com, which is actually in the process of being redesigned. Uh, just waiting for the DNS servers to propagate. That's very boring. Cool. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it should all be up by the end, by the weekend, I think. Great. All right, well, we'll get that link on the story as well. So yeah, that'd be great. Everyone go and have a look. Yeah. Um, okay, let's have some listener FU, maybe. Mm-hmm. Shall we? And our first bit of listener feedback comes from Fraser Garrity, who says... I just wanted to ask your opinion on game rentals offered by companies such as Love Film. Do you think they are damaging the games industry or do you believe they offer a chance for the average gamer to experience a broader variety of games in a more cost-effective way? Thoughts? I'm not signed up. Have you ever done online renting? I've done it, I've done it with films, yeah. Yeah, I suppose the same principle applies really. If you, if you want the game as soon as it comes out, you expect mm. a long wait or you enter into yeah. a lottery to get a game on opening weekend but if you're prepared to be patient I guess you can sample every game you don't have to make those hard decisions and this time of year when all these mega franchises coming out you can't possibly afford to buy every single game yeah I did my big pre-order the other day and it was just oh god it was horrible what have you ordered Everything. <laughs> That's quite a big one. Yeah, <laughs> That's a button on Amazon. <laughs> Everything. And double dipping on, uh, on, a, on a few of them as well. I'm getting Battlefield on PC and 360. Wow, wow. Just like, I just have different friends that play different things. Yeah, so think- but are you a PC or a, Ma- or a Mac man then? Uh, I have a gaming PC. Right. Um, yeah, I'm the biggest, biggest nerd. Oh yeah, yeah. I can. I, I just I wouldn't be able to design on PC just because it's all about the workflow and I can't. I'm, I'm too wired into to OS 10 now. I can't like get away from it. Yeah, I suppose we're in a very fortunate position that we get mm. access to a library of free games. Yes. Yeah. But if we didn't have that, I'd, you'd be making hard decisions what to purchase. Totally. Mm. Yeah. Because I, I wouldn't, there's games that I've played this year and enjoyed that I wouldn't have got around to playing. Mm. I would have saved my money for Batman, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's a good idea. So I, I know from experience, my housemate plays nothing but World of Warcraft, Starcraft and FIFA. Those are like the the three pillars of, of gaming in my, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my house. And I, I keep trying to get them into other stuff and maybe if there was a service where it was just, you know, you can get something in the post every week and give it a shot. Just or or a subs- online subscription service. Yeah. That, I think that's the future. That's mm. how you would possibly expand people's taste. You're thinking like a sort of on live type. Yeah. yeah. So you pay, thing, but yeah. instead of buying games individually, you pay a flat fee mm. and it's Lovely. instant access yeah. to a game on the weekend of release. You're not waiting for it to be delivered in the post. Mm. I would love to pay I don't know, twenty pounds a month, and get all of the games that I just. And then you never all of them, ever do anything. Have they yeah, not sent you a free on live yet, Ollie? Sorry, have they not sent you an on live box? No, yet? I don't get that much. I don't get that much free stuff, except right. from Sony, where they, where I went to meet them earlier today, and they just opened the drawer and said, "Take whatever you want," and they had wow. every, every game, and it was amazing. And I said, "Do you okay. have uh, Batman yet?" And they went, "No." I said, "Do you have Uncharted 3? And I was like. No, so I was like, oh, the two things you won. Oh, yeah, the two got. things yeah. I wanted. They didn't. So I'm actually going to say this now to to Pete, Mr. and Mrs. On Live. Can you please send a free one to Ollie? They're a mom and pop. Yeah, mom and pop organisation. Does, does it work? I, I'm. Super, it does I'm I've sure, got one in the office. If you want to, skeptical. I've got one in the office. If you want to have a look, it seems like magic. magic. Yeah, yeah. It's like demon, <laughs> it is demon magic. Yeah, yeah. people will, If you br- bring your friends around and show it to them, they will burn you. <laughs> <laughs> 
It does work pretty well. It's very limited selection of games currently, but yeah. they are growing that quite quickly. And Batman's mm. going to be available on the same day of release. Well, yeah. tomorrow. Woo! Yeah. Uh, okay, back to the feedback. Uh, I've just read uh, Pete Donaldson's review of Football Manager on the site. Says, uh, who is this? Ben McSkelly. And it was very engaging and well written. Good intersimile. Got me thinking, will IGN UK get other podcast podcast guests to do reviews? Given how much Craig Roberts talks about Eminem on your podcast, he could review music, or Peter Molyneux could review any game that promises the world but is underwhelming. Meow! Satire. <laughs> satire. Satire. Very good, yeah. Well, maybe we'll get Ollie to review a game, or... or or no, we'll get a you trailer. to review a, a painting. Uh, oh, I could review the box art. I'd Brilliant! Love, I'd love to do. I'd love to do that. I remember. Um, do you actually want to do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, it could be a bit catty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got to put a pin in Geneva because uh, Ben is in Geneva. Mm. But you, you know what? Um, after doing that resistance thing, I have so much respect for anybody who's tasked with designing box art because it's so difficult. Really? Um, just to get everything, just to get around the logos. I mean, if you look at the, the PS3 box, the size of it's quite odd anyway yeah you've got massive you've got a row of massive logos on the bottom you've got the title which needs to be big and on the top because mm. shelves because the way shelves are laid down so you've essentially only got a strip about two inches high of where the focal point of your art can be which wow. is just r- ridiculous are there any covers uh, recent covers or covers of games coming out before the end of the um, year the no i remember i like? just I, I can't really think recently of ones that, I, that I've, I've really liked what do I you just, think of the batman black and white approach i like it um i have a, I have a thing because i love i love like those games, the Batman games, especially the, the Arkham Asylum was amazing mm-hmm. and Arkham City just looks incredible. In fact, I think my copy has been delivered and I'm going to run home straight after this and play, <laughs> and play it probably. But I mean, there's something about the character design in those in those games that I just don't like and I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I'm a big Batman fan, uh, especially like the original animated series, which is why it's amazing that they've got Kevin like Kevin Conroy, Conroy and, and Mark Hamill doing doing the Joker. But there's something about the the way that they've redesigned some of the villains, particularly Harley Quinn. I really, I really don't like what they've what they've done with her and I think the way that Batman's like modelled, I'm, I'm not a Big fan of too, what too big or is it? It's just, more it just looks like it just looks a little bit unreal three. You know what I mean? It's all a bit like um, um, yeah, mus- like muscly and a bit like too detailed. I don't know, but I do really like what they've done with the cover and like the white, um, especially like the high contrast white stuff because it's yeah. um, so like so unused to seeing Batman looking like that. It's quite striking. Mm. I think it's a really bold move of them and I wonder how they managed to push that through marketing <laughs> in yes. some ways because it's like, okay, we've got Batman but he's going to be white. It's like, how, how, yeah, how does that even work? But, um, I remember reading a, a blog post about a really long blog post about the Unreal Three cover a long time ago and how brilliant it was by the guy that designed it. Uh, <laughs> no, not Unreal Three. Sorry, Gears of War. Gears of oh, War Three. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and I just thought it, it's a really nice cover, but it just looks like pretty much everything else on the. I can't remember what the Gears the cover is. Well, it's got it's, it's got Marcus Phoenix on it, and he's standing there and he's holding a gun. Ah, wow. Smart. And, and there's and there's another guy. Like Gears Two. But yeah, it's like. Uh, Wow! Yeah, uh, it, the, video game, the video game box art reveal is one of the weirdest blogs you can read. I think on, on <laughs> online, like when, when people get so excited about. It. I don't know. It's like a big push. Marketing departments really want to, uh, really want to get like the buzz behind it. But sometimes it's just a bit like a bit hard to swallow, isn't it? With the <laughs> when you get a press release about some box art, <laughs> it's, it's like, you're mocking your own industry, right? <laughs> no, I love. No, it's uh, it was it was an amazing experience working on it and. Like seeing my stuff everywhere was just yeah. A, a I can imagine that really incredible. Like walking into game and just seeing a row of your box art. Yeah, uh, it's 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 amazing. Yeah. Um, especially like the Oxford Circus Tube just had it had it all sure. down there, and that was that was great. But um, yeah, I have a lot. Of, anyway, I just have a lot of sympathy for people tasked mm. with designing boxes yeah. because it's so it's so tough. I do now as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next bit of feedback is from George Lockett, who's in London. 
We do have a sticker basically that takes up the lower part of England. Yeah, so. yeah my, my, guy, my guy Fraser was from Reykjavik. Did, I thought, did we no, got one of them? from Reykjavik. Yeah, it's an email issue, that, the Reykjavik that, thing. Uh, oh, is that your, your... That's our world map of where our listeners are. Yeah. They're, they're, they're forming an arrow pointing at this... This very yeah. studio. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, we need one in Russia still. Yeah, we need a lot in Russia. South America. South America completely in Japan and I'd like one in Algeria if possible and and Argentina that would be nice what about Australia no we've got a couple in Australia Tasmania yeah that doesn't count alright more feedback um, from George Lockett he says um, pretty much every podcast there's something that one of you can't remember such as someone's name or just some random game or film that you've ended up talking about surely you have access to the internet and why don't you just look things up where's the fun in that yeah, this was quite boring to listen to no, someone I, Googling. Yeah, I sometimes look stuff up on my iPhone. Yeah. And that's why a bit later in the podcast we'll come back to it and say, oh, it was that. But you don't want to sit, have a sitting here tapping yeah. away. And we don't want to do research before we come into the podcast so it feels mm. very... Well, stilted. we just don't want to do research. Yes, I mean, that's it. It's not yeah. like you bother doing it for the site, so why bother doing it for the, <laughs> for the webcast? You're you an independent fact checker sitting <laughs> like over there. Just yes. Yeah. We need earpieces. That's a good idea. Well, if you want to come back, Ollie. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do an intern. What's this say here? This is from Stephen Deacon. After listening to your last podcast, what a trip down memory lane you provoked when you mentioned Rent-A-Ghost. Straight away, I went on YouTube and immediately looked up Rent-A-Ghost, my all-time favourite kids show, only to be disappointed as well. Let's be honest, it's a bit crap. Is there any kids show you have great childhood memories of that still stand the test of time or should be remade, he asks? I was thinking about this on the way up, actually. I would want to see... Uh, I was thinking, what, could they redo Tomorrow People? Now that would be good. Ooh. I feel like they could... Uh, we're, redo, uh, we're overdue like a gritty remake of yeah. Tomorrow People or um, Banana Man. Banana Man, <laughs> yeah. Superheroes. I'm on the gritty Mark Miller Banana Man <laughs> reboot. Brilliant. I've got a feature coming up that includes that actually about about um, animated shows from our childhood because they're making a Postman Pat movie. Oh, really? And yeah, what's, Banana Man's what's wrong? in there. What, what, what are they doing? How does that turn into a movie? It's, it's, it's going to be, it's not going to be great, I don't think, from the looks of it. He, he takes part in some kind of X Factor style show or something and becomes famous. It's not, oh. it's, it's not. I thought Mike Lee was directing it. It was about him going on strike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's exactly what you don't, I think, want from a, a Postman Pat film, but I'm going to reimagine a bunch of ones and, and, Stu, Banana what Man's definitely up your, there. What about your favourite, Jamie? Jamie and the Magic Torch would be pretty cool, actually. Jamie and the Magic Torch, or Chalter and the Wheelies. Quite funny Bones, the two skeletons. Oh, and the trapdoor. Skeleton no, trapdoor trap as well. Trapdoor trap right. trap would be well. awesome. No, the trapdoor should never be remade. Just, yeah, it would be sacrilegious. You're just ruining my entire feature that I've been writing. For how long? About three weeks. All right. Don't bother reading it, folks. We've already <laughs> given you the best bit. Um, there's a couple, actually, that they've been trying to make for a long time. The Tripods. If anyone saw, remembered, yeah, or read yeah, the tripods, yeah. that's got. I remember Eli. Eli Roth was trying to. He wanted the rights to that, or he was keen to do something on it. And another one, um, which I did see to answer the question directly, um, I was interviewing the guys that did um, Saw and Insidious. Yeah, and they were saying one of them said that the scariest thing he saw when he was a kid was Chucky. Oh, the John which, Wyndham. Yep, which scared the shit out of me. It's, it, it, it was on in about 1983, 84, and it scared the crap out of me. And I bought the DVDs. I bought two copies, one for me and one for this guy. And we both rewatched them separately and they're both still terrifying. Mm. And Spielberg has actually bought the rights to it cool. a mm. few years ago. And you can see, you can see actually that E.T. is a little bit like a nicer, more friendly version of Chucky. Because Chucky is a bit more frightening. Right. Because you're not sure what his mm. intentions are. But the connection he has with the, the boy and the way they're connected um, 
and, and he kind of controls him a little bit. It's a bit like in E.T. Mm. So there you go. I wish bit... I, talking of doing research, I, there was a kid's show I remember when I was growing up, and I can't quite remember exactly what happened, but it was like there was no power left in the world or something like that, and it was all about this girl, and she ends up going into this cave, and this big sentient being is behind the, this huge boulder in a cave, and it was all really quite weird and a bit freaky. I'm going to look that up, and hopefully I can give you more information on that <laughs> how, next week. How do you Google that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Do you think if I Siri it, it would work? Yeah, Siri. <laughs> yeah, because nothing works on Siri. Um, I have an email from Neil Ward, who says, you were talking about someone who played FIFA with a flight stick. <laughs> Brilliant idea. Um, Amazing. Just great. Have you ever thought about playing a game like Driver with a dance mat? I have, and let me tell you, it is very difficult. Actually, it would be, yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? So, yeah, have you ever done that? No, uh, no, 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 no. Thanks, no. Nelly. No, thanks. Uh, okay, listen, we, we've got a bit more feedback, but uh, we're going to go back to the gaming cryptic clues. Uh, oh. we, we ran this last week. It was quite oh, a successful God. feature. Yeah, I didn't like And by it, successful, <laughs> we mean it'll probably be the last time we do this. Uh, so, here's one. Have a think about this, Okay. okay. My house caught fire and everything was burnt apart from one cuddly toy. It was an... Don't care. My house caught fire and everything was burnt apart from one cuddly toy. It was an... Uncharted Ted. Oh, God. Uncharted. Wow. That's, that's great. Uh, <laughs> that's from Gareth Blake and Emma Joyce. It took two of them to think of that, by the look of things. Uh, they also say, we love the podcast, but it's no Skyrim. Of course, which oh. is fair enough. <laughs> Nothing uh, is. Joseph, no, no Skyrim. <laughs> Joseph Kramer has, uh, has got one here. Uh, there was a guy in Jamaica that kept pooing on large houses. Is this going to be racist? Luckily, I hid and caught him. People said I... What? I'll give you a clue. It's SSD. There was a guy in Jamaica that kept pooing on large houses. Luckily, I hid and caught him. People said I... Oh, okay. mm. No. No. Spider-Man shut on dimensions. <laughs> Spider-Man shut on dimensions. Why are you laughing? This is terrible. This is just terrible. No, Why is everyone so happy? That's a bit of a, yeah. I think that's brilliant. Miserable. So that's from Joseph Kramer. And we've got, uh, Matt Evans has written in as well. Uh, here are some that are slightly less cryptic, he says. Uh, a and C, this is. A, C. Double butt in faith. I can't Assassin's, do these. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed is correct. Double butt in faith again. Assassin's Creed 2? Yep. <laughs> Gangsters, priests, double butt in faith. Um, Assassin's Creed Revelation? Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Brotherhood, oh And no. when wife finds out about your double butt in faith is... Assassin's Creed Revelation. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Matt Evans. Uh, we'll leave those there I think for now yeah um, if you've got more of those um, don't keep, send keep them in keep them, keep them to yourself, yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> any more feedback is that it is that that's it, it that's it brilliant okay let's move we're getting near the end now so don't fear listeners um, short been a podcast long... this week <laughs> it's, it's long long yeah. I'm, blame, I'm blaming Ollie Moss sorry <laughs> um, so let's talk about next week uh, our chart predictions um, on the game front um, we have some interesting games coming out yeah um well, the big one is Batman Arkham City. Oh, is that which, coming out? Which I, which I finished last night. Did too. you finish you it? You bastard. I am a, Tell everyone the ending. Is it good? Is it good? Is it good? Very good. Oh. It's really good. I only finished the campaign, single player story, 
And when you look, when I looked at my game stats, that's still new- only about fifty percent of the game. Well, wow. I mean, there's, there's new game plus, right? Isn't there? There's new yeah. game plus, yeah. and there's a wealth of yeah. a really well developed side missions. Yeah. Arkham Asylum is one of those one of the only games that I went back and played it again. Like I finished it like twice. I just like yeah. tore through the story. I've not done any of the Riddler side quests or anything like that, and that's or the Catwoman mission. Oh wow, cool! Which are supposed to be really good. Um, Football Manager, Tintin, and Worms Crazy Golf. Alex has been playing Tintin. I think he's been yeah. quite enjoying it. Yeah, he's yeah, be doing a review of it. The screenshots looked amazing. It yeah. had this really cool uh, art style, and it, it looked like a kind of Metroidvania style. Yeah, and they've thing. got a really substantial co-op mm. um, experience with about six, seven hours worth of co-op, and yeah. they take place in Captain Haddock's dreams. <laughs> so you have all this like weird sort of Freudian symbolism and people turning into dogs. I so, wonder if this will be a, a, a situation where the game is better than the film. Mm, that would be unusual, wouldn't it? Unusual. Yeah. Although the film is good. But, um, yeah, so what we usually do is we predict the top three of next week. Yeah, sure. Do you want to maybe predict oh, God. next uh, well, week's top well, three? I'd be, I'd be mad if I didn't think Arkham, uh, Arkham City was going in at number one. Absolutely. After the, the advertising push it's got. got to be. Those are last week's charts. Last week's charts. Just oh, for inspiration. Um, so, um, you, know, you know what I'm going to go, and so what else is coming up? I, I think it's going to be, oh, but like Champ Man, it's going to be tough because they don't, they don't do digital sales, do they? No. No. I'm wondering. Mm. Uh, yeah, Batman number one. I'm going to go FIFA at number two again and Champ Man at number three. Cool. Okay. Okay. Right, so it, no, it's not Chairman, is it? It's football. football manager, manager, yeah. FIFA. Do you want to do it as same, well? Then? We, we can pit you against the guest. Um, yeah, I'd go f- Batman. I'd go FIFA, and then I say Forza. In oh third. yeah, yeah, Forza. Uh, just because I think it might hold strong. Although it's, Just Dance, it's got Jeremy Clarkson, and he's telling everyone to. to <laughs> yeah. He's like the <laughs> British Oprah. Have you seen that um, <laughs> clip of him talking about the warthog from Halo? No. Yeah, he does his Jeremy Clarkson review of. Does he do it? Like this, yes. <laughs> 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 I actually quite like to see him doing a lap in it, and then maybe trying out the turret. <laughs> can I try the turret on him? Yes, you can. Be, yep. Right, I'm going to get your film predictions as well. Oh, my you film predictions. Pick, um, what's, what's coming out? Well, let's, let's, what's uh, next week. Uh, sorry, this week we've got some good films coming out. Actually, we have um, Contagion, which you've seen, Daniel. Yes, you like? Yeah, it's really good. It's probably the scariest film I've seen all year. And it's wow. not, obviously not a horror movie. It's um, a Soderbergh film. And he's interspersed the drama with sort of documentary footage. And it's very, very chilling. Yeah, that does sound frightening. Good date movie then. Yeah, and I got, when I went to see a preview of it, I came away with free hand sanitizer. Okay. <laughs> what have you been doing? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, and actually, that's going up against a film I've seen this year that I thought was the scariest film I've seen, which is Paranormal Activity 3, which is most definitely a horror film. Yeah. Um, it's Chris, the same I, I really. saw the first Paranormal Activity. I didn't see the second one. Should I see the third one? Yeah, yeah, because the second one is the, is the worst of the three. Okay. But it's still fine. I mean, it's very much more the same, but they're just kind of refining it and getting better at doing it, and it gave me nightmares. Did it? Yes, it, 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 the first one gave me nightmares as well. Oh, though. Okay, uh, no, nothing has given me nightmares in years, but those two—they're wow. pushing my buttons. <laughs> and um, the other one coming out this week is we need to talk about Kevin, which I saw on Monday. Um, obviously, a, an adaptation of the of the best-selling book that everyone seems to be reading on the tube, and it's very good but very horrible. It's very upsetting. Right. Don't know if I'd recommend. So, um, so those are the three new ones, and uh, the charts last week we had Johnny English, Lion King. Three Musketeers, top three. So what would your top three be? Uh, okay, I'm going to... So so which one's coming out again? We've got... Uh, we've got Contagion, Paranormal Activity, and we need to talk about Kevin. Oh, God. Um, well, I don't think we need to talk about Kevin is going to be number one. Um, oh, God. I think I think Johnny English 
might hold out. Mm-hmm. Might hold in there. Um, yeah. I think Contagion at number two. Yep. Um, and maybe uh, Lion King at number three. Lion King. Okay. Mm. I'm going to go different, but you may be right because um, I think it's half term, which oh, is, might, is mean that, might mean that Lion King and Johnny. Well, then maybe Three Musketeers might get pushed up as well. Could be. Oh, I'm going to go Paranormal Activity number one to go entirely oh, yeah, against oh, yeah. you. I'm going to go Johnny English two. And then I don't know if it's going to be Lion King or um, Contagion number three. I'm very confused. If it's half term, if it's half term, yeah. Could be Lion King, yeah. yeah. Or parents just maybe want to scare their kids into being hygienic. Mm. I'm going to go, God, sorry, I'm going to go Contagion. Okay. Sod the kids. Yeah, so those are our first. ones. We'll stick them up on the Facebook. As always, if you want to let us know your predictions on the game more film charts or if there's anything else you want to talk to us about on the podcast, it's IGNUKfeedback at IGN.com. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter at IGNUK and on Facebook as well, where we are still Team IGNUK. No. No, no, we're rebranded. not. Really. Yeah, yeah, we're IGN UK. Simplified. Ooh. We had a word with Facebook. Incorrect information on the running order this week. Well, blame Mr. Tom Butler. I shall. So, I think we have some plugs before we head off. Yeah, we've got quite a few plugs and competitions. Um, last week, we launched our Smack Talk competition to win um, some Hero 320 gaming headset. Uh, so what we're doing every week for this um, last week this week and next week we want you to write in with your best trash talk best smack talk basically what you say when you beat someone at a video game so this week's two winners who have both won Sennheiser X2 gaming headsets um, the first one comes from Cami Toman and he says um, amongst his friends when he beats them at FIFA you don't even live here <laughs> what <laughs> it, it works best if the person does indeed live there, okay. and you, you, you basically you're implying that you, you're better than them in their own house. Right. So you don't live here is the first winner. And the next one is from Stefan Kiriakou, and his favourite goes right back to the days of communicating via USB keyboard playing Pro Evo on the PS2. My brother and I would take turns to play the game and do smack talk on the keyboard. His favourite phrase being, ha, I defecate on your ancestors. <laughs> so he wins um, Sennheiser X2 gaming headsets but write in with your suggestions this week and we'll pick another yep. set of winners and then you'll go head to head to win the big prize make them dirtier and swearier yeah no. yeah um, I want filth next competition is a contagion competition you Ooh. can win a PS3 two games of your choice and four Blu-rays wow. um, it's open nice. to UK readers only unfortunately but mm. just google it and you'll find the details on the site and that competition ends on November 1st and then one last thing, um, we're hosting a Battlefield 3 event where we invite readers to come into the office and you'll be taking on a team composed of IGN UK editorial. So that'll be easy. Um, and we haven't confirmed what game that will be yet, but it's a Battlefield 3 event. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Were you just making sure we were paying attention then? Yes. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. I think that's us then. Pretty uh, much. Before we go, thank you so much for coming in, Ollie. Oh, no, cheers. It's been a pleasure. Much appreciate it. And hopefully you'll come visit us again because I think this has been very enjoyable. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. Lovely. And thank you all for listening. And we will be back next week. See you soon. Cheers. Bye. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I want- 
wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.